0: Hello everyone, I'm Javen, the marketing and communications guy, and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that what you hear impacts you, so that you can then go and impact generations for Jesus. Everyone? Man, Darcy, you look good too, I'll just say that. You you, you got a glow on you, man. You're just glowing. It's awesome. Man, well, we're so glad that everyone came this morning. Everybody had a good week? Man, ready to rock and roll today? How many know that Jesus is alive? All right. That, was, that sounded good. I know He's, he's alive, but not only that, but He's here. And I love that when you, you know what it says, the Bible says that when we praise Him, He inhabits the praises of His people. And I just, I'm so thankful for our church family, for this family that just worships the Lord. We come every Sunday together to do that. And that we're just so blessed. What, what a great bunch we have here. Isn't this a wonderful family? I mean, if you're looking for faith friends, people like what Darcy just said, people that will believe the same that you believe, man, this is your bunch right here. If you're looking for somebody, man, somebody tell me how blessed I am. Man, this is, you know, you can talk to somebody around here and say, man, you're so blessed. The blessed people call you blessed. Like, you got You need some of those buddies that will come around you just to encourage you when you need it most, and this is a good place to be. I was so, that, that, I'm, I'm breaking on y'all, so I was hoping, you know, oh, yeah. When I pump up my my kids at home, they go, yeah, tell me more, Dad. Tell me more. So I got to keep feeding on it a little bit. So, And after a little while, it's like, okay, that's that's enough. I'm, I'm done. I cut it off at some point. But anyways, we're so glad that you came. And uh, if this is your first time here, we want to let you know you belong here. Those aren't just words on a sign. We actually feed you crepes in the morning. So that's it's to make it more cozy and more welcoming, I don't know what else you can do. Uh, but before we get jumping into this, I want to just share uh, next week, next weekend, uh, we're going to take Saturday and Sunday, actually just a short, uh, to share a few things with you just regarding changes that the Lord has been dealing with us about, kind of working within this church a little bit about. And so we want to take next week just for a vision Sunday, because, uh, you know, Marty was here last week. How I many of you were encouraged by Marty? You were blessed by that. I mean, he had a, he had a great word and for, for this local church, but also I believe for you personally, you as a family, uh, regardless of what it could be in your, in your business life, in your work life. And uh, I'm taking that. This is a year of great change. And how many you know, uh, this was one statement he made last week that just really resonated inside me. It was just helpful for me to hear again. But he said, all healthy things grow and all growing things change. I mean, constantly, right? I mean, you can look at it even in your own kids. My kids are constantly changing. That means it's a sign that they're growing. My son lost his first tooth this past week. Man, that was awesome. I wanted to knock that thing out, but he said, no, just wait. So... My like, dude, I can do it with either one of these or just a flick, and I, I can be done. So no, 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 just wait, just wait. So we patiently uh, waited, and guess what he broke it off of? A hot dog. <laughs> a frozen hot dog, I might know. <laughs> but, uh, so I just said, like, everything's constantly changing, and so what we want to do next week is actually just take a Sunday to thoroughly go over some of the exciting things that are taking place here, and uh, I- I'm excited to share with you some things that, that's going to be happening, and uh, I-, I know you'll be blessed and excited about that, aren't you? Right? You're just saying that in advance. Change is good, is it not? Man, how many of you love to change? All right, those four hands that went up. How many of y'all love to change? Man, I do. And I'm trying to hype you up. Change is a good thing. Change is vital and it's necessary for any growing entity. Perfect. Well, if you've got your Bibles this morning, I want you to go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. And this morning, I'm going to be finishing up this series called Available, Making Yourself Available to God. We're deepening our yes. And uh, this is also going to kind of be a... Uh, a launching pad for in two weeks we're launching a new series called Backwards because everything God does in the kingdom is completely backwards to what we see in the natural realm. And uh, we're going we're gonna to jump into some of that. So I want to give you a, just a little bit of an ending available and kind of jumping into something new because uh, I, I know we're, we're ready for it. As a church family, God is He's doing something in us. And I, I believe that with all my heart. Man, times when I'm getting alone with the Lord, there has been so many things that have been changing on the inside of me, and I, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's kind of freaky sometimes, and I go, whoa, what is this? But I'm open to the Lord for change. And uh, that's what I'm going to be going into a little bit today. But uh, so this whole month we've talked and available. And this morning I want to share just regarding how do we make ourselves available to God by just a simple word. It's a choice. Choices. Everybody say choices. Any of you had parents that said make good choices? How many of you parents that still say that to you? Make good choices. Mom, can you say that for me? This, see, just like that. And even though I was about to make a dumb choice, it come out in that sweet little tone, make good choices. It was almost hard to do about what I was about to do. But, also, but anyways, I, I, it took about five minutes and I got over that emotion. And you know, But I heard so many times in my life, make good choices. Anybody else heard that, really? Make good choices. Well, God is the same way. I mean, this is what I love about our Heavenly Father, that He is the God of love. And so what He's done is He has given you and I, because He is love, He has given you and I a free will. We can do whatever we want to do. How many of you know you can do that? You didn't even have to come here this morning. You didn't even have to. What? Yeah, for real. You are a free human being that can choose whatever you want to do. But every choice you make will lead you down a certain path, whether you want it or you don't want it. So choices are vital. And you can see that all through the Bible, every man and woman of God. I mean, you look at the in the Garden of Eden, God put a tree in the middle, tree of knowledge of good and evil. Why did he put a tree in there? It's because he had to give mankind free will. Because it's not love if there's no choice. Right? If you're forcing somebody to love you, huh, how's that going to work out? Right? Jamie's not, you know, married to me because I forced her. Some of you don't believe me, okay, but. <laughs> <laughs> This is awkward right off the bat. No, no, she she gets to, all right? That's <laughs> just, she's not here, so I just said that. But <laughs> but she's not married to me because I'm forcing. You're gonna love me till the day you die, woman, and you're welcome. Like, could you imagine what kind of domineering relationship that would be? Or other way around. Right? I'm not just staying with her because if I, you know, if I if I leave, she's gonna beat the snot out of me. There's pregnant strength that I just don't mess with. <laughs> But I'm not, again, the same way. I'm not married to her because she's forced me. You're going to love me. You're going to stay with me forever. And it's, it's not because I'm forced to. I get to. Right? And the same way with God, He gave Adam and Eve a choice. Right? If you look at every human being, and not all, not all things that we even see were the perfect will of God, but because God is a God of love, He has given you and I free choice, free will to choose and do whatever you want to do. Now, as a parent... Is that a bit tough to even think? Like, oh, but I don't want my kids to have that. Anybody ever have that? Just me? I, I don't want my kids to have free will. I God loves them, but I have a great plan for their life. <laughs> Anybody else feel that? Maybe just not about your kids, about a friend or something like that. God loves you, but man, I could run your life a whole lot better than you could. Man, absolutely. There's a lot of people that I... Well, I better not get into that. Just stop. My wife came in the room, that helped me. Better just, just not go there. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I told everyone that you get to be married to me. So You do? Good answer. She's sweating a little bit, but she's good. All right. So in Deuteronomy chapter thirty, and I want to just show you this because our choice is how is being made or making ourselves available to God? Well, what, what does that look like? It also has to do with the choices that we make being made available to God. And we talked at the very beginning is our second yes. And what's the transition look like from my first yes, which is accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Where do I, how do I make that flip from my first yes to my second yes? What are some things that need to take place? Well, the number one we talked about is actually surrendering. The deeper my surrendering is really a deeper to my yes to Him. Right? And then we talked a couple weeks ago now is actually making room for God. That I spend time, the Word of God is actually priority in my life. Staying filled with the Spirit is actually making myself and making room for God so that I'm making uh, myself available to Him. Right? We know that verse, Ephesians 3.20, that God is able. Everybody say, God is able. What is He able to do? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, and the church goes wild. Ah! And then the next few words say, according to the power that is at work within you. Oh, and all the church goes, oh. Right. It also shows there's my part to this. So is God able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think? Yes. But what's it according to? According to the power that's at work within me. So we talk about staying filled with the Spirit. So rather than just, you know, oh, God, I need this to happen in my life. And What's, what's the purpose for my life? If you stay filled, you'll know. Right? That's, that's the plan of God. That's what he designed for you and I. So this morning, I want to continue on that. Being made available has to also do with our choices. Before I read that, you know Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. Right? Everyone know that first verse? Well, if I don't have all of my needs met, then there is actually a lordship problem. Because if the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. If the Lord is actually my Lord, I will have all that I need. So if there's areas in my life that I don't have enough, I don't have more than enough, I'm not experiencing the goodness that God can bring, then I have to go back. It's not God's fault, right? Nothing's ever God's fault. I have to go back and I have to look in my life and say, is he the Lord of every part of my life? Is he Lord over my finances? Is he Lord over my marriage? Is he Lord over whatever? You could, you name it, right? Is he Lord over it? Because if he is, you will have all that you need. That's, that's, that's a guarantee, right? We just sang the song. All your promises are... Almost, Mac, almost, almost. But he's faithful to do it, right? (laughs) Excuse me. So now let's look at this here. Deuteronomy 30. And so God, he needs our choices. I want God to be the Lord of the decisions that I make. I want him to be Lord of it. So not only is he Lord of my life, he is also Lord of the choices that I make. I mean, this is vital. And I know you've known lots about choices, but I want to, again, just bring it back into your remembrance because you already know it. But Deuteronomy 30, again, verses you know, God said this, today I have given you Choice. Everybody say it with me. I've given you choice. He's given you a choice. So today, and notice this, the choice is not just a one-time event. Okay, I said yes to Jesus 20 years ago, and that's now I'm good till forever. No, this is a consistent choice that you and I have to make. Right? He says, today I have given you the choice. So February 2nd, today you have a choice between life and death. So what's the choices between? Life or death. There's not a third way. Life or death. He says between Blessings and curses. Now he says, I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice who makes. You make. My wife doesn't make choices for me. My kids don't make choices for me. I make choices for me. I'd say that. I make choices. Nobody can tell me what to do. I make choices. Come on. Somebody's got to take ownership of that. That's a big deal. That'll help you in your marriage. Own up, son. If I'm wrong, I don't go and say, woman, you are wrong. Or you did this which caused me to be wrong. I tried that. It didn't work. (laughs) And if anybody knows the Enneagram, anybody ever look into that? My wife is a one. I can't win ever. I just, I can't. Not true. (laughs) All right. I've yet to win, man. I've yet to win. I can get real, like, I can get, you know, throwing excitement into it, but at the end of the day, I still have lost. Anyways, but God, what has he done? He is actually now called witnesses to see the choices that we make. Now he said, and he's looking into this. And then God goes on, oh, can you hear that from a parent? Can you hear my mom's voice in this? Oh, that you would choose. So God is like, as a father, oh, come on. There's a few times I've done that with my boys. Like, dude, come on, choose something else. Choose, what is he saying? Life. Why? So that you, say me, so it's going to benefit you and your descendants might live. So the choices you make today are ultimately not only going to affect you, but it's going to carry down, down line. I'm a result of where I am today. Yes, because of my parents, but also because of my grandparents. The yes continues to go down line. So you, by saying yes today, you have no idea what your yes is doing to future generations underneath you. It is a huge deal. I'm here today because my parents didn't change their yes when things got tough. Their yes was deep. So guess what? Here we are. I'm so glad I'm not waking up hungover, laying on a curb somewhere. Anywhere that comes from choice. (laughs) Choice. Who's it with me? Choice. All right. Look at the next verse. Verse 20. It says, "You can make this choice. So you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God." Obeying Him and committing yourself firmly to Him. Now notice that next phrase. This is the key to your life. What's the key to my life? The choices that I make. This is key. Because what I find a lot of times is, okay, people have made bad choices, and then they random and they throw out prayers to God asking God to change the situation, but you didn't get there in one night. You got there over a period of stupid choices regularly, and now we go, God, get me out of this spot. You've chosen so long this direction. Now the way back, I mean, God is merciful. Don't get me wrong. You he can, he can do things. But the way to now start going the opposite direction is now consistently to make choices the other way. Because if I make choices the other way, it's going to bring me down a different path. Right? So this is what he's saying. This is the key to your life. The Amplified Bible says it like this. He said, God, He is your life. He is your good, abundant life. He is the fulfillment of your life. So what's this saying? If I make choices in concerning to loving God, how many know that loving God is a choice? I don't think you heard me this morning. I said loving God is a choice. God isn't forcing your hand to do anything with Him. You choose to love Him or not. And loving God means this, is that I obey what He tells me to do. It's a choice. I don't have to do it at all. And not only that, God's not going to, you know, He's not an abusive father where He's going to start beating me if I choose not to love Him or go His way. He won't. He loves you And he gave you free choice. But what we've been talking about this month is becoming available to God. And again, how does this tie in? If you go to uh, 2 Timothy 2 now, I want you to see this. What is the purpose of being made available to God is I want to be a vessel that he can use in this day, in this age. Anybody else want that? Awesome. So our choices now have to line up with it. Okay. Let's look at it. 2 Timothy 2 verse 20 says, In a great house... There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood and earthenware, and some for honorable and noble use. Man, this is big. Some utensils are used for the good stuff, and some are for menial and ignoble use. So, whoever, everybody say whoever. That's anybody. Whoever, oh, go next verse, please, ask. Whoever cleanses himself, what do you see in that? Whoever does something, what do you see here? Choice. Right here, it's a choice. Nobody is forcing you into it. God is not saying, "I need you to be a vessel of love." Can you please do this? Can, I want you to be a vessel of no, I'm going to force you to it. No, it. The choice is yours. Yeah. Right? We're all good so far. Okay. So whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences, what will happen by just making a choice not to be contaminated or corrupted by these influences? Notice what automatically happens. I will become a vessel that is set apart, useful for honorable and noble purposes. I hope you see the simplicity in this. We spend so much of the time to try to be good people. I got to be good. I got, if I can just say the right prayers, if I can just pray long enough, if I can read the Bible long enough, if I can just do, check off my Christian list. And I went to church and I paid tithe and I showed up. I did a pay it forward at Starbucks today. I did all these good checks. Oh, now I'm able to be a vessel. No, he said, if you choose to actually separate yourself from all this, you will become a vessel of honor. Can you see that? It's all choice here, right? Come on, somebody. This is why you're not gonna catch me in a bar getting drunk every night. Why? Because I love God. This is why I'm not gonna be snuffing cocaine. Why? Because I love God. This is why you're not gonna catch me in bed with another woman, because I love God. This is there's gotta be something more than just, oh, that's that's bad. This is not about behavior modification. Oh, I gotta stop doing that. No, there's something greater on the inside of me that's calling me. I want to set myself apart, and it's not that I'm better than anybody else. I have a drive on the inside to be this vessel, and I will do, I will live, I will be whatever i got to do to be this vessel because I'm choosing that. It's a choice that I make. So this is how I'm going to be and what's going to be the result. You will be a vessel, consecrated and profitable for the master, fit and ready for any good work. Oh, man, the choice is up to me. Oh, I I think that's good news. So what vessel do you want to be? A good one. Who wants to be a good one? Come on, I want to see where the gooder's at. Where's the good ones? That's right here. So what are we doing? We are choosing now to cleanse ourselves from what is ignoble and unclean. I'm choosing that, right? So there's been a few times, and listen, this this is where people, oh, you get a little bit picky. No, 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 not being picky. It's called being trained. Because it's not so much, and we talked about this a couple other times, is that everything that we see here, quote from Abraham Lincoln, he said not everything that we see is there just to influence, or not to create an atmosphere, it's there to influence. And it's vital what the atmosphere is that we're setting ourselves apart to, because it, regardless whether you realize it or not, it has the potential to contaminate and corrupt you. And what it does, it actually, in some form or fashion, you start not being able to hear the voice of God. And that's the whole point behind it, Right? still good this morning? Okay, good. So now, as a believer, we've responded to Jesus' calling, right? So you've heard Jesus say, man, I, I died for you. This You've heard the gospel. You heard the good news. So you responded in your heart. You said, Jesus, I want you, right? So, so to some degree right now, you know God, right? You've seen his grace. You've seen his goodness. And you've responded and said, okay, I want that. But now that we are children of God, we have to learn the ways of God. Everybody say ways. I mean, you know, God has ways. He's got thoughts. There's ways that He does things. The same way maybe in the culture you grew up or the family you grew up, that family had certain ways of doing things, right? One thing that I'm grateful for that our family did is dinner time. we eat dinner together. <laughs> it's almost like a foreign concept that you see a lot out there, right? But we would sit at the table. We would eat together. We would, you know, to some degree, talk together. However, I mean, if we were sitting down and, you know, talking. But afterwards, we would read the Bible together. And Saturday mornings is when we would watch soccer together. Like So all those values, all those choices came, and now it became part of what we do, right? How many of you family has ways? Man, we, we all got ways. There's Everybody's got different ways of doing things. Well, how about you know God has ways of doing things, and it may not line up with you. It may not line up with, for, for us, the housing culture, so what did it have to do? Oh God, well, it's God housing, didn't you know that? You got to come into my boat, and this is how housings do it, God. No, I'm going to have to jump ship and get into His boat because God is not Jesus housing. <laughs> sounds good though, doesn't it, Lord? This sounds all right. <laughs> We'd like to think that, but I, it's not. <laughs> and the same way, it's not Jesus, whatever your last name is. It's Jesus, and we are part of His family. So what we've spent now as children of God, we have got to learn how to walk in His ways. Because God does things completely different than the world out there. And for the most part, sadly, the church still thinks like them. And that's the biggest problem. That's the biggest problem. Nowhere, you're, not, you're not anywhere like them on the inside. You are wall to wall in the inside, the Holy Spirit. That's who you are on the inside. So where's the problem? It's our thinking. The thinking has to change. And if it doesn't, you actually could, you could know God. You'll die and go to heaven. Absolutely. But you never experience kingdom on this earth. And that's thats sad. Because Jesus paid way too have a price for you just to miss hell and go to heaven. He actually came to bring heaven on this earth for you. And that's why we stand out. And that's why God needs us to be the people of light that we'll see. Right? Okay. So let's look at this here. My last sentence I want to make is a vessel of honor now is someone... Who knows his ways? A vessel of honor is someone who knows his ways. They know how he thinks. They know what he would say in a situation. They know what he would do in a certain situation. They know him. The same way that, you know, if my wife and I were to go somewhere and maybe Jamie came in a little bit after me and, you know, whatever the situation may be, I know what Jamie would like. I know what to order her. I, if you sit down in a restaurant, I know what to get her for drink. I know what to get her for food. I know what this woman likes. Why? Because I spend time with her. Well, the same way that when I spend time with God, man, I'm able to get to know his ways. So when we get into a situation, I can pick up on hunches rather than totally being ignorant of what's around me. No, you know, God is always talking and doing stuff. But how come we're so ignorant of it? It's because we don't know his ways. But if we start to know his ways, we start to being able to carry them out. We're all good. Air five. Okay, we're just, okay. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So again, now I choose who I want to walk with. I choose who I'm going to fellowship with. And I mean, it's so impl- simple to say it this way. If you had a choice of right here, we have Jesus right here on my right hand side. And you had the enemy on the other hand side. Which way would you choose? <clears throat> How many of you would pick Jesus? Okay. <clears throat> That's pretty simple. Now, the next thought is there's light on this side. And there's darkness on this side, which way would, we'd like to go light. And so what I like to say is walking in, walking with God is walking in the light. Walking in darkness means I'm ignorant to God and his ways. Did you know that you can be a Christian and be ignorant of God and his ways? And that's where a lot of people hang out. They're still born again, but they're just in darkness because they can't see what God wants to do. And that's where confusion comes in is not knowing what God would, would do in this situation. So what we're going to talk about is we're going to actually talk about coming out of darkness and starting to look at light's ways. Light has a way, right? And it's right. And it's the only way that he has, right? If God is not complicated, we just have to choose it, okay? So let's talk a little bit about this first thing. I mean, before I, slow down, Joel. Everybody heard this terminology, walk with God. Like, how is your walk with God, right? That's something that I'm constantly going into myself and I'm asking Questions, you know, in my time with the Lord, on a scale of one to ten, Lord, like this is a question I ask him, how close am I walking with you? It's a good question. And if he says five, oh, okay. So I means there's room for improvement. And that's exciting for me because there's a lot more. And I'm not I'm not there yet, but I'm attaining to go to that place. And I want to show you a couple of verses, just, just this Genesis chapter 5, verse 21 through 24, talking about Enoch. And just these words, I love it. It says, when Enoch was 65 years old. So I mean, know oh, that's, that's older than us. Well, some. <coughs> but I'm just saying, if you're over 65 this morning, Enoch was 65. Uh, when Enoch was 65, he became the father of Methuselah. Continue on. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived. Notice this. So Enoch was 65 when he came born. When he was 65, Enoch started an intimate relationship with God. I think, you know, what took place, If you know, if you... Because Enoch, I mean, if the time that these all these gentlemen lived... Enoch had the opportunity to meet his great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, Adam. He got to meet Adam. When you live 936 years, you start to meet a few generations, right? So when he was 300 years, he's just a teenager. (laughs) So imagine youth group. Like if this was youth group back in the day. And it's not like, what's senior? Senior is 900 plus. Like, man, Oma. You'd be you'd be in Kit Nation. <laughs> That's my wonderful she'd be eighty-six soon. That eighty-seven. Oh Kit City. <laughs> so he started a intimate walk with the Lord, and I believe where did it all come? Is all of a sudden he started hearing Adam started sharing some stories with him and just go, Man, we walked with God in the garden. Man, we saw him and we named all the animals and he would come every morning and we would fellowship together and it was amazing. And you know what this drove Enoch to? This unsatisfied in the inside going, I can know the Almighty. And this happened to me. This was a few years ago now. But I remember just, you know, being in certain meetings and stuff and just talking and hearing how some of these men and women would describe God and would share some of their experience they had in their private time. And on the inside of me, that just, that grabbed me. Man, just on the inside, something just... Oh, it just hooked me inside. I crave this. If I, I think anything that I, something that always comes up whenever I, I have the opportunity to minister, it's always going into relationship with God because that's my greatest desire in my life is to know him. I, I love this man. And so Enoch lived, notice he lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years and he had other sons and daughters. Now notice this. Enoch lived 365, click, walking in close Fellowship with God. This is how he lived his life. You don't hear, oh Enoch was a, an amazing blacksmith. He was the greatest plumber that ever walked the face of the earth. You don't see that about him. What do you what do we get of his life? He walked in close fellowship with God. And then just because God and him were so close, one day, Enoch disappeared. Where'd he go? <laughs> not playing hide and go see. Where is he? God took him. And didn't not, Enoch didn't die. Enoch was fully alive, and God, because Enoch got so close to his heart, God just, Enoch, I just, I want you to come over to my house. So he came down and just, come on. And he took him out of this natural realm and brought him to heaven. E- Enoch. Enoch is there, fully bodied. Hello, somebody. He's there. He didn't even die. Why? Because he walked in close, intimate fellowship with God. The Passion Bible, I don't have that verse, but the Passion Bible just really brings out the intimacy that Enoch and God had together. It's just like two peas in a pod. They were best of buddies. They talked about everything together. You can have that. And not only that, even greater, because Jesus came for you and he brought you in this place. Enoch wasn't even a born-again man. (laughs) Oh, man. Look at the next one, Genesis chapter 17. This is now God's invitation to Abraham. He said, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and he said, I am almighty God. Man, to hear those words. Other translations say, I am El Shaddai. Woo! What does that mean? I am whatever you need me to be. I am all sufficient. I am all powerful. I'm the creator. And he says, walk. Other translations say, walk, or, walk before me. Walk in front of me. Now when you hear these words, Walk with God. I want you to think of this because our walk with God should never be stagnant, should never just be on oh, the same last year, I'm the same last week, or I'm the same last month. A walk with God. So when you're saying how's your walk with God, it ought to look like this. It's carrying on upward in an upward pursuit. Because what we're what we're in my walk with God, eventually I'm walking with him right into heaven. That's where my walk ultimately is going to end up. So don't just think, well, oh, how's my walk with God? Well, I prayed yesterday that's great. But beyond that, do you know him? And this is what we got to get to. I want to know his ways because the more and more I get to know him, more and more I'm walking with him, I'm ultimately just going to end up being with him. So are you. So that's where we're heading in our walk with the Lord. Okay. Now walking in close fellowship with God. Again, when you say walk with God, it means I walk in light. Say that, say that with me walk in light. God is light. Right? He is light. So look at this. Go to first John chapter one. I'm going to read you a couple of verses here. Now, this is John kind of just sharing with the churches. I mean, at this time, this John is a he's an elder. Right? He's 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 got something to say. He's the elder of elders at this time. I believe he was ninety years old when he wrote this this epistle. And he's writing to the, the believers at this point, and he's saying, We saw him. We saw him. Right? Who's he talking about? Jesus. We saw Him, this Jesus, with our very own eyes. These ones. We gazed upon Him and we heard Him speak. Our hands actually touched Him, the One who was from the beginning, the living expression of God. Verse (coughs) 2. This life-giver was made visible, and we have seen Him, and we testify to this truth, the eternal life-giver lived face-to-face with the Father and has now dawned upon us. Now, I want to just, you know, uh, one thing, you know, I was at a, a conference a couple of weeks ago, and one of the gentlemen that was there, he's a real historian, gentleman, Rick Renner is his name, real historian, just knows a lot of the backgrounds and, you know, history books and great study, and he did, he was kind of sharing a little bit about, talking about the El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, and uh, what he wanted to do, just to give us a little glimpse of who this Jesus is, everyone know, and I believe it's John 24, talking about the life of Jesus saying that if if we could write down all the things that Jesus did, he says, I suppose that there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain all that he did, right? And you know, that's not an exaggeration. That's the absolute truth. So what you see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all compiled together, historians believe, that is 30 days of Jesus' life. Isn't that wild? So what we see right here, we saw the month of January for Jesus. And he did that for three and a half years. And it says when he, I mean, at this one point he was talking about uh, that there was all the the multitude came to him, right? And he was going to feed all the people that showed up. Well, the word multitude, and he did a lot of Greek backgrounds into it, but he totaled it all up. 40,000 people came and he fed them with five wheat thins. Everybody know what a a wheat thin is? Five wheat thins and two minnows. He fed them with that, y'all. That's our Jesus. He is more than enough. So what did he do? As he was thanking God, he just kept passing it out. All these little wheat thins. And I like wheat thins. Fish I could really do without. But those wheat thins, man, I'd hork those down. Those would be great. But that's what he did. That's who our God is. And so John is recalling all this. And he said, we actually touched him. We saw him with our own eyes. We actually heard him speak. And he's saying, this life giver was made visible. We've seen him. And now we testify this truth. The eternal life giver lived face to face with the Father and has now dawned upon us. Next verse. It says, so we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard about this life giver, so that you may share and enjoy this life together. Okay, so what the whole purpose here, what is John about to say? It's so that you would experience joy, so that you would experience true fellowship with the Father. This is what he's telling you. Like, so John is really giving us a backstory. I mean, for those three and a half years, their lives were completely changed. And then we actually saw him. We actually heard him. Man, we heard his words. They're actually ringing in our ears still. This Jesus that I'm about to tell you, and he's about to give us a clue on how to walk with him closely. You ready? Okay, look at the next verse. So we are writing these things to you because we want you, or we want to release to you, our fullness of joy. Did you know you don't get fullness of joy from stuff? Thank God for a good car. But guess what? After two weeks, I want a different one. Like, no, but for real. Like, church, we have become so naturally minded. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's so sad. Like, you know, yesterday I was at a funeral with a, a guy that was in our youth group. He got saved in our youth group, thank God. But he died in a horrific car accident on January 23rd. And so we were at this funeral... Um, he got hit by a, uh, a tow truck and instant dead on the spot. I'm just so glad that he knew the Lord. But when we were at this, this thing, it wasn't really a Christian celebration. I mean, you just hear a lot of, like, there, there is no hope in the world. There's nothing. So when you say bye to somebody, it's, well, that's it. There's nothing. And it's so sad. If believers get to that point, we are the light of the world. We have to have something And so I want to encourage you, this stuff that we have, yeah, thank God for it. We use it as tools. All the lights that you see, the lights of it's all great. We want to have the greatest stuff. Why? Because he's great. But we don't look at it going, oh, we need this or we're going to suck. No, we have him, so we're going to be good. (laughs) Right? Right? We're not the most glamorous church in Red Deer. We know that, but we have him, we're going to be okay. (laughs) Man, I believe that with all my heart. But this is what I want to say. We've got to get off some of this natural stuff that I have if I can get this I'll be happy no you won't <laughs> my wife doesn't even make me happy like in the fullness of joy so if I look to her for that I'm going to be disappointed and she's going to be mad my kids don't give me the fullness of joy it's not fair for me to put that expectation on them why aren't you behaving i need some joy in my life do better listen better I, I'm going to be very disappointed and they're going to be mad. But if I put all my expectation in knowing this man, Jesus, I will be okay when my kids are great, when my kids aren't being great. I'm going to be the same because my relationship and my joy is based on knowing this tidbit of information right here. Are you ready for it? This is the life-giving message we have heard from him and it's still ringing in our ears. So when my kids aren't acting right or when the job isn't going right or when my spouse is being a pain, Whatever it is, there's something that is ringing in my ear even louder. What is ringing in my ear? And now we'll repeat His words to you. God is pure light. Why is He telling us this? So that you can experience fellowship with Him. God is pure light. You will never... Everybody say never. Now we got to get this. You will never, never... Say it with me. Never... I don't care what other churches, other people say. The Bible says, I will never find even a trace of darkness in him. Not a single piece of dark thread. There is nothing in him that's dark. God has never had a dark thought. God has never had a dark deed. God has never said a dark word. God has never even imagined a dark thought. He doesn't know how. God doesn't know how to do darkness. He is light, pure light. So, if there's anything that's attached to sickness, death, disease, poverty, even this, bad attitudes, it's not of Him. God has never had a bad attitude in His entire existence. And He calls me a child of light. Now, here, we're all in this body. I told you a couple weeks ago, I woke up in a real grumpy mood. Ooh, Lord, I was grumpy. It was so good. Gr- I, I don't get grumpy very often, but when I do, Jamie starts laughing. How does that make me feel? <laughs> Lord, this woman you gave me—I just—but I just—I'm <laughs> <coughs> just, well, anyways. I don't need to go back into that. But I'm a child of light. So I, again, we have choices that come our way. God is pure light, so God only lives in light. All right? Let's go to the next verse for a sec. If we claim that we share life with Him. But keep walking in the realm of darkness, you're kidding yourself. We got to see this. This is big for the church world. You think that you're in fellowship with him, but you're operating in darkness. You're kidding yourselves, and you're not living in the truth. Do I have the next verse on there, guys? Maybe not. I don't think I do. But if we, if it says, if we are in the light, even as he is in the light, we have true fellowship with one another. And that word fellowship, and I'm going to just give you the Greek here quickly just to make you think I'm smart. Uh, It means partnership. It means to be a partaker of God and what He has. And it's simply to walk alongside with Him. So if I'm saying I'm in partnership with God, but I'm actually going about in darkness, I'm kidding myself. And I find this is that we got a lot of believers that are kidding themselves. They think that they're here, but they're here. Well, how did I get here? I chose something else. Hello again. Thank you for listening. And if you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you stop by for one of our weekend messages. For directions, service times, and more info on our amazing children's environments, visit us at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.